The very first time I walked in to the sanctuary of Hodge United Pentecostal Church, I thought, wow, as I looked around, I seen all the joy on people's faces and it just seemed like everyone had it all together. Well, actually, that's partially right. They might be living their best life now, but to truly see the heart of Hodge, we need to start in the hall. Many celebrate the Hall of Fame, where people are memorialized for their physical achievements. But we celebrate our Hall of Faith, where we recognize God's miraculous and loving work in the lives of ordinary people. People just like you. Brother Stacy. Thank you so much for coming to the Hall of Faith to share with us your story, your testimony. We would love for you, we all know you around here, but there's several that don't know Stacy like we do. So would you give a little bit of who you are? Well, I'm Stacy. I have two kids, uh, Sarah and Chandler, three grandchildren, Paisley, Laney, and Jensen. And uh, I retired letter care with the Postal Service for 35 years. and. I uh, have a small business, painting and that kind of stuff, and, uh, and then I work for a buddy of mine that is a hunting outfitter in the wintertime, so I get paid to have a good time to hunt and, <laughs> I love and enjoy that. So, you know, uh, I lost my wife, June will be two years, Liz, and uh, we were married 30 years. So it was, it was something like just a few days being 30 years. Mm. Beautiful Liz. Yes. That's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> beautiful Liz and what a worshiper she was. Yes, she was. Beautiful, beautiful worshiper. So tell us how y'all met. Uh, we had some mutual friends. Uh, my best friend's brother, his wife and Liz worked together in Ruston uh, when they opened the Bells, you know, the J.C. Penney store in Ruston. They went to work together. and. They introduced us. Neither one of us were really looking for anybody to get married to. We both kind of had a rough go, you know, at times before. And, and uh, I told him, he asked me, he said, you want to meet Got somebody I want you to meet? I said, all right, I'll meet anybody once, you know. <laughs> so I think that's what really made our relationship so good. We, we met and we became friends first before you know we ever, we ever started really liking each other we were friends first so so how long did y'all date before you got married uh we met in the summer of 1990 and we got married in june of 91 a year Wonderful. well i know she's a beautiful bride because i've seen the pictures and she was gorgeous and how long did you say y'all had been married we lacked one week being married 30 years 30 years mm -hmm. well um, tell us a little bit about maybe y'all's early life and marriage, stuff that God brought y'all through or things that y'all went through in your early years of marriage. Even before uh, we got married, Liz's mother was having some health problems. She had glaucoma and she was having surgeries and this and that and the other. And, you know, we had already gotten close and she leaned on me because she needed somebody. She, she was an only child, child. Mm -hmm. and she leaned on me and, you know, it started then. So. Uh, even before we were married. So that's just a testament that, that God put us together. Yes. He meant for it to be. So Absolutely. we had been married about, uh, we got married in 91. In 1995, my father passed away. 
55 years old. Oh, wow. Well, I, uh, my best friend also died the week before. And the last time I saw, my best friend was 36 years old and had leukemia. And he passed away and uh, I saw my best friend, I, at my best friend's funeral, I saw my dad for the last time oh, alive. Wow. He died that night. Wow. And she, you know, God, we'd already gotten in church. We, we you know, we were raised in church, but we were not in church when we met. Yeah. And so uh, we'd already gotten in church and God got me through that situation but it strengthened our relationship because she was there for me to lean on. You know, you don't think about uh, a husband needing to lean on his wife. The man's supposed to be the strong one in the, in the family, but she was there for me. After my dad died, four months later, she fell and broke her kneecap. Oh. Chandler was 18 months old. Oh, and so she, would, she was there and she had an immobilizer, which her leg was straight. And she would tell him, he was 18 months old, and she'd say, Chandler, come pray for mama. And he'd go over and he'd lay his hand on her leg and bow his head. Sweet baby. So, you know, you teach your kids when yes. they're little. We've been through a lot. We had a lot of, a lot of tragedy and, and hurt and heartache and everything through our marriage that really brought us closer together. They had each other. Did. Each other. You know, and uh, she was, uh, they put all of this stuff in her kneecap. Your kneecap's about this big. And they put two rods, a wire, and five screws in her kneecap. Wow, I never knew that. And so six months later, they went in and pulled all of that stuff out, you know, because the kneecap had grown back together, whatever, but she still walked with a limp still real stiff so one night we were getting ready to go to bed and i told her i said i just feel impressed to pray for what god pray for you for what god has done where he's brought you from to where you are now and she said okay so i did i laid hands on her and prayed for her you know and so we went on to bed four o'clock our phone rings and it was her uncle that lived across the road from us and he said you need to get up all the woods behind your house are on fire so uh, I jumped up out of the bed and got clothes on and told her, I said, call the fire department. And I run to the door and when I opened the door, the flower beds around our house were on fire. So wow. I started putting the stuff out, you know, with the water hose and neighbor across the road, come pulling water hose across the road and all this kind of stuff. So uh, the way the fire department could get behind our house was to down the road to the shop. And so she was standing out in the road watching for them to come and he comes by the road and she takes off running up the road. She took about four or five steps and she realized, oh, wow. hey, I'm running. And before she was walking with a limp, her leg was stiff, this and that and the other. So I'm nothing but, you know, that's just what I felt impressed to do that night and God healed her. Oh, she never had any more problems the rest of her life out of that knee. So, you know, God has done a lot of things. He did a lot of things through our life, you know, for us. And uh, it's just amazing what He can do. Wow, that is amazing. So, life was good. Mm -hmm. Living life, enjoying your grandkids, hunting together and traveling. 
and um, just enjoying life. And then COVID hits mm -hmm. and the world comes to a close practically, shut down. So how did y'all spend y'all's time during the lockdown? You know, the worst thing about it was not being able to come to church with her being a worshiper yes. like she was. You know, yes. if the music started, she was at the front. Yes, yes. But she worshiped at home too, but it's, it's a different setting, you know. Uh, but, you know, we made up our mind that we were gonna trust God. We wasn't gonna let this hinder our life and stop us from living our life, enjoying our family and doing things. We were gonna go on and we were just gonna trust God. That's and that's what we did. And then, you know, it's, uh, we, we made a long trip out west mm -hmm. and spent about a month, saw some family we hadn't seen in about 10 years and, in and everything. Washington. In Washington, yes. And uh, came back and went through Yellowstone and just had a great trip. But then COVID hit your household. Yes. Uh, we were already back in church. You know, the churches had opened back up. This was in, in the summer of, of 2021. And uh, we had a we had an outbreak here in the church. We had about 20 people. It yes. started Mother's Day, yeah. and so that next couple of weeks, I started getting sick. And you know, you think, well, this be all right. And uh, she really didn't have any symptoms. And uh, so. I told her, I said, well, if we're not, if I'm not any better in the morning, I'm going to the clinic. And she said, well, I'll go with you. And I said, we'll get tested. So we got there and they took us back and uh, they asked us, can we do a COVID test? And we said, sure, we need to know. So they did the test and uh, the nurse looked at me and then he looked at her and uh, he said, well, yours is positive. That's what he told me slowly it turned positive and he looked at her and she said what is it and he said well you have what we call a hot positive it turned immediately it went positive and she didn't have any symptoms right? and she didn't have just a little bit of a hacking cough and mm -hmm. that was it and you know you know how she was she was a jokester <laughs> and she looked at him male nurse and she said well you could have called me hot but i don't like the idea of this hot positive <laughs> and everybody laughed you know she just so we got the infusion uh as we were in the cubicle there getting the infusion, she reaches because of who she is and gets her phone and turns her praise and worship music on. And then uh, this was on Thursday. We got that, got the drugstore full of medicine, you know, to take and everything. So they told us to stay active. We went home and we were walking two miles a day. And we walked Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, when we walked Sunday, when we got home, she said, I'm, I'm really tired. And she hadn't been being that way. So the next day when it come time to walk, she said, I'm not going, I just don't feel like going. And well, this was Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. And they had told us to come back to the clinic that we could get meds, mm -hmm. uh, fluids. Mm -hmm. And you know, so Tuesday morning, I carried her back to the clinic. She got fluids, a B12 shot, picked her up. She felt pretty good. Well, Wednesday morning when she got up, she was worse. Mm -hmm. And I carried her down and they checked her O2 sats and it was 83 which is very low. And the girl said, well, on oxygen in the hospital. So that's when the journey started. Uh, we were there 13 days and uh, she did really good. Uh, got all of the medicines that she could get in 
uh, the man-made cure for it, supposed to be, and the convalescent plasma, which is what a COVID patient recovered and donates their plasma. Right, I forgot about that. So she, she did good, and then uh, Thursday and Friday of the second week, she was sitting up in a chair all day long. Oxygen was back to 60%, and then I got there Saturday morning, and they had her back on a full facial BiPAP machine with 100% oxygen. And they had done x-ray Friday, and her lungs were almost clear, and all the medicine stopped that Friday. She couldn't go anymore with it. And Saturday morning, her lungs were as bad as they were when she went in. How did she handle, I know she had faith, I know she had faith, and I know she listened to praise and worship, but how did she handle all this, or was it just, you know, did it all just happen it, it happened, and she was an anxious type person. Mm -hmm. Her faith was strong, but she was an anxious type person. And she was there, of course. We both were scared, right. you know. Absolutely. Uh, I met a man, and uh, his wife had cancer. And she was in the ICU, which that was the COVID unit now. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was in ICU, and I got to talk with him and witness to him a little bit. And I told her about it. And she said, well, what's the lady's name? And I told her, she said, well, I'm going to be praying for her. She was in a battle herself, but she, she, she was still praying for this other lady. So she didn't let it, she didn't let her faith falter. She, she kept up, you know. How was your state of mind during all this? You know, I, I kind of had tunnel vision. I was praying, I was seeking God, but I was doing everything I could do to take care of her. Yes. Yeah. You know, I had, I had COVID as well, right. but... I just didn't really focus on what, right. and they were really good to me there uh, at the hospital. Uh, it's supposed to be a 30-minute visit twice a day, and they let me come in and stay all day long, oh. you know, because they told me, said, she does better when you're here. Oh. So, you know, it helped her, helped us both. Right, absolutely. Um, after she passed, did you question God? Were there times that you were like, your faith was strong, and then of course, like, did you question him? I'm, not, I'm sure there's people out there that question God, and how did you handle that in the middle of your... You know, if, if somebody told you in this situation that they didn't ask why, they're not being truthful. Yes. But because as parents, we worry about our kids, after she passed away, initially I asked God why. But then my focus changed from her to my son and my daughter. Because I had to go down and tell my daughter, because this happened in the middle of the night. I had to go down and tell my daughter, and my son was working graveyards, and I had to call him at work and tell him about his mother passing away. And so nobody was expecting it. Nobody was expecting I mean, it. I'm, you know, the, we remember around here, it, we were, our church was devastated. It right. just, we right. just did not expect it. Nobody was not expecting Leah's. it. Not Leah's. We had other ones that well, were very sick. Well, you know, that even there. the doctor, the respiratory doctor, told me when, whenever he told me, he said, I'm going to have to vent her. And uh, I said, well, no, we're not going to do that because we'd heard these horror stories, you know. And he said, well, I'm not going to vent her and leave her here. I'm going to send her somewhere to get the treatment she needs. And when he told me that, immediately I felt impressed. I just said, well, I need to start praying for an open door because he didn't know where it was going to be. Because right. the so, hospitals were booked right, up everywhere. Right. So I called Brother Stroud, 
and told him, and I called Liz's uncle, that's a minister, and told him what I felt, and, and they said, well, I feel a witness in that. So we started praying. Well, 45 minutes later, the doctor comes back to me, said I found a place for her to go. I didn't realize that visit lasted. And so they airlifted her to Little Rock, and she coded on the helicopter, and then when they got her in the hospital, she coded, and when I called, they told me to give her two hours because it was no visitor policy. Mm -hmm. And so I called them, and the nurse told me, said, he, she's with the, he, the doctor's with her now, I'll have him call you back. Well, when he called me back, he told me the situation, you know, that they'd been working on her for 20 minutes and they couldn't bring her back. Now, were you driving up there? I was at home because the doctor told me not okay. to go up there because he said there's no need in you driving up there to sit in a motel room because they're not going to let you in. Wow. You know, and so you hear this over the phone. Oh, bless you, Jesus. And you just, you know, what else can you do? Mm. You, of course, I asked God why, Absolutely. you know. But then, like I said, my focus changed to my children and my grandchildren. So I know you must struggle, or especially, um, on the hard days and when it's quiet and lonely and I always call it in the midnight hours mm -hmm. where you're, it's just you and your thoughts, nobody else is around. So how do you handle those hard days, the harder days? I talk to the Lord a lot. And just like you and I are sitting here talking, you can talk to Him. I tell Him how I feel. You know, uh, I have brothers and sisters in the church that I know are praying and if I need something, I can, I can get in touch with any of them I need at any time. I speak for many others in the church and our hearts still hurt for you when we look over there and see you by yourself. And and we pray for you. I know I know our church family prays, but is there anything else that you've learned since you've been on this side of the fence of what can the church family do for you? Be there. Just be there. Had a situation one night, I was not doing good. It was, I don't know, 10 or 10.30, something like that, late at night, and I wasn't having a good night. And I texted a, a brother here in the church, and uh, I told him, I said, I'm not doing good. Can you pray for me? And he said, immediately he answered my text, going in prayer right now. So about 15 minutes later, my phone goes off, he texts me back, and uh, he said, I want you to know, he said, I started praying for you, and I told the Lord to let me take part of your grief. No. And the Lord immediately spoke to him and said, I've already done that. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 53 and four says, he bore our grief and he carries our sorrows. And you know, I, we all know that scripture. That's, that's right in the same text there where he talks about taking the stripes for our healing and all that. But at that time, my mind wasn't thinking about that. And you're in a different but season. God used that man wow. to remind me mm. that he, he carries my grief. Yes. So it, it's, you know, it's good to have church family or family, Absolutely. whatever, uh, another situation, you know, it hadn't been a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of having a bad day. And uh, Chandler, my son, he texted me and he said, uh, I want you to know that me and Ashley were talking about mama yesterday. And he said, I think sometimes you probably forget because we do, she's happier than she's ever been. 
And you know, I hadn't even thought about that. But he's right. She's happier than she's ever been. That's exactly. I, I, I know we all talk about what a beautiful worshiper she is. And there's been times I've thought about her. She's worshiping now. Oh, yeah. Like, worshiping right. now. Like, in, in, in her beautiful, beautiful way. There was a res the respiratory nurse. She uh, sent me a big, long text after Liz passed away and, you know, was telling me how sorry she was and how unexpected it was that nobody expected it to happen and, and everything. And she said, but I think you need to know that because even though she was an anxious type person going through this, she went through this with dignity. And she, uh, when they came in to put her on the vent, there was a team of five people that came in and uh, she had already, Jennifer had already told me that, that I didn't really need to be in there when they were doing that because of the struggle and this and that and the other. And she said, but I think you need to know that while they were putting her on the vent, Liz had her hands raised, praising God, said she wasn't begging, she wasn't crying and pleading, she was glorifying God. And she said, I know as a believer how that affected me. And she said, I don't know the, the spirituality of the other people that was in the room, but it's just a testimony of how, how she was, how strong she was in her faith. Where and, her faith was all the and, way to the end. You know, and to the very end, the battle that she was in, she was praising God. That's beautiful. So I would, a question I would like to ask, I asked a friend of mine in Vidalia one time that lost her spouse, because I think it's important people sometimes do not know what to say or how to approach, but do you like when somebody brings up Liz, like say something about a memory or something, or does it bring you sorrow when somebody brings her up? I Probably people are, it's probably a different answer for everybody, right. but just in your situation, how does it feel? For me, it helps me because it helps me remember how she affected other people, yes. how she uh, loved other people, and how other people loved her. Yeah. You know, it, it lets me know that they haven't forgot about her. That and her footprints are right. still all around. Right. So that's, I just think that's important though, because I do believe there's so many times you see somebody even in the community that's lost a spouse or something, and it's like you don't, people don't know what to say. And, but I think it's important. If it, well, most people do, it just brings back their memory. Right. And I've heard, she even said, my friend in Vidalia said, it, it makes me know that people hadn't forgot them. What would you say to someone out there that's watching that has just lost a spouse or a loved one, but we're really here talking about a spouse. Well, it's hard. It doesn't go away. It gets easier to live with. Uh, you have to remember the good times that you had together, all the good memories that you have together. Uh, remember that God's always with you. He's always with you. What would you say to someone, I guess that's just what, someone that's out there that's just lost faith in God, that has watched their, their loved ones get sicker and sicker and they had faith that everything was gonna work out and then they passed away. There was a lot of different scriptures, songs, different things that at different times, it would, it would make me realize how God had brought me through this stuff. You know, I also remember we were here before her service, before her 
uh, funeral service. And Brother Stroud came to me and he was talking to me and he said, he said, I've been in doing this a long time. And he said, I've never seen anybody that I sense such a strength on you that he said, I, you know, he said, it's hard to, hard to believe. It's hard to understand the peace that I can see that you have. And it was just that God was carrying me through. You know, it's, 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 that's what it is. It's prayers. It's prayers. Not only prayers from other people, but, you know, I prayed and asked because, like I said, it's something else. You want to be strong for your kids. That, as a parent, that is, so they didn't have their mother anymore. And a lot of times what gets, what gets me down now is I think about my grandkids are missing out because, I mean, she loved her grandbabies and her kids, you know. <laughs> when the kids came along, I was in the back seat from then on. That's just the way a mother she is. She was a you know? beautiful mama bear. She did love her kids yes. and her grandkids, but, you know, uh, it's just, there's so many different things. It's, it's hard for me to think about one particular, you know, scripture that, and that, that one thing that, uh, uh, my brother here in the church sent me and it reminded me I knew the scripture that's what I told him I said I've been knowing that all my life you know well it's I always say scriptures you can read it in different seasons and sure, it means something sure, totally different sure God has a plan and a purpose for everything and we don't know what that is in every situation uh, her uncle that uh, is a minister told me after she passed away he said you are you have now gone from the stage of having faith in God to trusting in God. And you just gotta trust Him. He knows what He's doing. Yes. That, that doesn't mean that you may not have a bad day. Absolutely. Every day, every day's not gonna be bad. Every day you're gonna have good days and bad days. But everybody does. Yes. But it's, the uh, main thing is, don't, don't think that God doesn't care. He's as close as a mention of his name. And he's proved that to me many times in the last two years. Not that he had to, but he has. Right. He's really proved it. Our steps really are ordered. Yes. They truly are. Yes. So is there anything else on your heart that you would like to share with us? Well, I was, uh, it's a testimony that I think God gave me. Uh, I was, in Montana. I'd gone on a hunting trip and was going up to visit the family that she and I went and visited the year before. And uh, I was in a motel room in Billings, Montana. And I guess you want to call it a pity party. I was having one. I thought, what in the world am I doing 2,500 miles from my house in a motel room by myself? And I said, I think I'll just get up tomorrow morning and go on up and see the family and then come home. And uh, so I get up the next morning and I'm driving. I'm between Billings and Bozeman. And uh, I look out in this field and there's an old barn standing out there. Rusted tin and just weathered boards on the side. And, and then on one corner of it, there were some new boards and some new tin. And God spoke to me and he said, this is your life. This is what you've faced. I said, structurally, you got strong bones. 
you're, you're strong. You've got a strong foundation. And he said, but the rusted tin, the weathered boards, that's where your life's been. It's been weathered. You're worn out. You're tired. You're weary. But that stuff on the edge there that you see, that's new life. And he said, there's new life that's coming to you. So it's a hard situation. Grief is a journey. It takes, it takes a lot of strength, the strength that comes from the Lord. That's the only way you'll get through it. That peace that surpasses all understanding, He'll give it to you. Well, I have a feeling, and I, we all, the ones in the background here, we wanted you to share your story because we know that you're going to bless many people out there watching that are grieving right now, that are not sure if the sun's gonna come up tomorrow and how they're gonna handle it. And if there's just one thing you can say, it, I heard you say a while ago that jumped out at me that you reached out one night when it was so hard. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, it's God puts you in places and puts people around you. The Word says that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. Don't be afraid to reach out to help somebody. And you know, uh, there's there was times that I voiced with my son or whatever that I didn't think I was gonna do so and so. And he said, think back. He said, do you really think mama would want you to not do the things y'all so enjoyed to do together? No. He said, you know, she would want you to enjoy. So think back on what you and your loved one did that you enjoyed so much. Think about how they would view it. Would they want you to just curl up right, and do that's, nothing? That's, or would they want you to go on? That's good. That's good. Remember the word says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And I thank you. We thank you for coming and sharing your testimony. And I know the Lord's going to bless you. I know you're still in the journey of grieving. But I... We just thank you for having the courage to come and share. Well, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity. And like I said, it is a journey, but talking helps. It helps you through that journey. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate the opportunity, and I hope that, that somebody that is hurting can get something out of this that will lift them up and encourage them. Absolutely. And we will always love beautiful Liz, <laughs> beautiful worshiper. There will never be another Liz. And um, I just think if it's okay, we're just going to end on a word of prayer. That's fine. Pray a covering for you, and then we're going to pray for somebody out there that might be grieving right, right. now. So, Lord, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. I just thank you for Brother Stacy, God. Lord, we pray, God, just to cover him, Lord. Just give him peace in his journey and their families, God. We pray, Lord, for their children, Lord, and their grandchildren. God, we just... Pray right now if there's someone out there, Lord, right now, Lord, that's grieving, Lord, that is hurting, God, that don't feel like they know which way to turn. I pray, Lord, let them reach out, Lord, put somebody in their pathway. Lord, send that angel to cover them, God, and give them strength, God, and let them realize you order our steps each day. And we just pray a covering over them. And may this bless them and Brother Stacy's testimony. And we love you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you again.